that's where the initial crisis comes in with some of our behavioral patients. When they come to our hospital, we realize that they're at the lowest point in their life because, let's face it, nobody comes to the hospital because they're high on life. They come here because they're at the low point and they deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. I think it's important just to reduce the stigma behind um, behavioral health and you know, getting therapies, making it the norm. Like that statue of St. Patrick Steady in the storm Where the need is greatest We open our loving arms A healthy community is a strong community. Right place, right mind Bringing comfort in these troubled times Cause when you're up against a struggle Stronger than you You just have to Doing what you call to do when the glory keeps coming makes you want to trust. Oh, something bigger than us. We are so glad you're joining us on this latest episode of Christus Calling, where we're addressing healthcare topics that matter to you. I'm your host, Jillian Fertig. Today, we're going to be discussing the importance of mental health. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, in 2020, one in five U.S. adults dealt with a mental illness, and those numbers have only grown. The COVID-19 pandemic has obviously been a big contributor during a time that's been filled with loss, uncertainty, and isolation. Last year, the NAMI reports more than 12 million U.S. adults experienced suicidal thoughts and 4.9 million were unable to access needed care for various reasons. Even if you've never been diagnosed with a mental illness, behavioral health experts say making time to care for and maintain your mental health is just as important as physical health, and staying mentally healthy can look different for everyone. The Oxford English Dictionary defines mental health as, quote, a person's condition with regard to their psychological and emotional well-being, unquote. Pretty straightforward, but since we're talking about raising awareness when it comes to mental health, I also wanted to hear from real people. So tell me what mental health means to you. How would you define it? Clarity comes to mind at first. You know, whatever, we all go through so much and how you deal with that to keep that clarity, to keep your life even kill as you can. Mental health is accepting the things that uh, you can't change, um, changing the things that you can. Uh, let's see, mental health to me is kind of like physical health. You have to take time to, you know, regular checkups, I guess you would say. Uh, take time to maintain that, whether it's meditating or uh, exercising or something like that. Okay, mental health to me is being able to cope with the world around us and the stress that goes along with our everyday lives. Mental health is emotional well-being. Mental health. 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 As you just heard, mental health can mean different things to different people. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, but I think it's important to have these discussions about this topic more than just one month out of the year. 
Behavioral health experts say there has long been a stigma surrounding mental health, that someone seeking treatment for their mental health somehow makes them weak or disadvantaged. And as you heard in those earlier statistics, a large portion of people who need help don't seek treatment. Behavioral health experts say this stigma can be a contributing factor for a lot of people. I want to introduce you to Vern Rainier, who's the program director of the Behavioral Health Unit at Christus St. Francis Cabrini Hospital in Alexandria, Louisiana. You heard from him at the beginning of this episode. He worked as part of our hospital security team for several years before taking on his current role. And he has a background in working with people who are facing a mental health crisis and offers a very unique and informative perspective on the topic. My name is Vern Rainier. I'm the program director of the Behavioral Health Unit here at St. Francis Cabrini Hospital. And you've had quite a journey to get to that position, haven't you? Yes, ma'am, it has. Tell me uh, your story, uh, where you started, kind of how you got to where you are today. Well, I joined the United States Army when I was 17 years old and uh, back in 1997. And then I was was planning on making a career in in the United States Army. But in 2005, I was wounded in Baghdad, Iraq. Uh, which ultimately led to my, my uh, retirement and discharge. Uh, from there, I didn't have a plan B, and so I decided to do something that was paramilitary of what I've known, and I joined the police department here in Alexander, Louisiana. Uh, after spending almost 15 years with the Alexander Police Department, um, uh, I had a wide range of uh, things that I, that I went through as far as uh, being a part of a crisis intervention team, which actually uh, involves law enforcement officers de-escalating a mental patient in a crisis uh, and being able to have them voluntarily come to the hospital. Um, After doing that for uh, 10 years, they ended up making me uh, one of the the teachers of the the crisis intervention team. And so I've taught over 300 uh, law enforcement officers in our community how to de-escalate a mental person in a crisis, whether they're in their house or they're on a bridge or they're on top of a building and uh, being able to actually de-escalate them and have that person voluntarily come to them to get help. Um, I also was able to obtain my bachelor's degree as well as my master's degree in business administration while being a police officer. When this position as a behavioral health director had come available, I thought it it was almost like a calling for me to come to this based on my experience dealing with uh, mental patients in a crisis and, and and having the leadership and the strive to want to come up here and do great things for this unit. How important is your work um, in contributing to the Christus mission? Our officers are, are in the in the ED department. You know that that's where the initial crisis comes in with some of our behavioral patients, and they're brought in by the police department or they're brought in by Acadian, and and they're they're in a state of crisis. And you know we want to take care of them. We want to make sure that they come here and they're taken care of because when they come to our hospital, we realize that they're at the lowest point in their life because let's face it, nobody comes to the hospital because they're high on life. They come here because they're at the low point and they deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. And in order for us to do that, we have to maintain that dignity and respect. And we do that uh, through means of de-escalation and showing that we have empathy towards what they're feeling 
and being able to establish that has uh, really paid off in our success. You may have heard us talk about the Christus Community Impact Fund in an earlier Christus Calling episode. It's the grant-making arm of our organization that's informed by our community's voices. We leverage Christus Health's community health needs assessment and implementation plans to help us identify who to fund and what initiatives to support. These data-informed reports are driven by our community members and health ministries and identifies the top needs in historically marginalized service areas we need to focus on. Each year, we provide financial support and technical assistance for 30 to 40 grantees across our ministries that respond to the expressed needs of our communities and help us extend the healing ministry of Jesus Christ beyond just the four walls of our hospitals. One of the expressed needs in several of our communities is resources for mental health care. Nadine Nadal is the program director for community health here at Christus. She's going to introduce us to two organizations we support that provide mental health services to the surrounding communities. First, we're going to hear from Keith Kerbo and Kelly Thurston with Community Health Corps in Longview, Texas. You both come with us with such a wealth of knowledge and experience. Kelly, I'm going to come back with you for this question first. Why is it important to celebrate mental health awareness? It helps us, um, it helps the community understand the impact and the health outcomes of mental health within this population, our community. Um, and it allows us to highlight the barriers and decrease the stigma of what um, patients and people with these kind of issues face. And Keith, would you like to add something to that? Sure, and I would agree with Kelly. I really think that, um, Focusing on mental health awareness really just kind of helps us um, to the broader community, help them maybe uh, through education, uh, through interaction, really help to reduce the stigma uh, of mental health um, and really just kind of help open up the community's knowledge to the resources that are available and honestly the gaps in access to care and, and the gaps in care overall that, that exist in our community. So I'm, you know, it, it's a really important time um, that we can leverage to use to really bring awareness to our society to help those that uh, may not necessarily have access to it. One of the things we found uh, with our patient population is on average, their life expectancy is about 25 years less than the general population. So really bringing this to the forefront and having a mental awareness uh, month to just to open it up and to celebrate and to bring it to people's attention uh, really can help to um, serve this population better. The more that we talk about it, the more that it becomes normalized and like you both mentioned, really to, to stigmatize the, the topic. So Keith, tell us about your organization, Community Health Corps, and your Christus Community Impact Fund supported program. So um, Community Health Corps has been in uh, place for about 50 years, a little bit over 50 years. It's a nonprofit organization that works in 23 counties. It's certified as a community behavioral health clinic um, with our clinicians serving in 23 communities and counties uh, across Northeast Texas. We have the opportunity to serve more than 16,000 children and families and adults every year. And what we really focus on is a collection of services um, where we help try to stabilize those in crisis 
Those with the most serious and complex mental illnesses, uh, substance use disorders, our IDD population, uh, and we're a, an organization that, that's proudly accredited as a behavioral health organization by Joint Commission and really strive to live out that mission uh, of helping people achieve dignity and independence in their dreams. And so, you know, it, it's this partnership with Christus um, with our Community Impact Fund program, what it really does is it meets a need because many times in our emergency rooms, a lot of our, our doctors, nurses, clinicians uh, encounter a mental health, uh, an individual with a mental health um, issue where, when they're in crisis. And many times after they leave the emergency room, they may not have access to care in a timely basis or maybe an appropriate care to an appropriate provider. And so working together with Christus um, through this fund, it has really pulled different pieces of the process and helped to streamline those. It's helped to create a process where we can get that patient who comes into the emergency room uh, an appointment before they leave that emergency room or a referral point where they can receive care within a timely manner so that they're not going back to the emergency room so that we can promote their individual health and wellness. Keith, you talked a little bit about the successes of your program, right? Having, um, setting the appointment and even um, having that referral process. So can you tell us more about the successes of your program that um, you all have experienced and even promoting, improving and treating mental well-being and behavioral health? Sure. Uh, historically, um, Community Health Corps and the, the ministries across Christus have really worked collaboratively. Um, but many times what we'll find is um, individual patients won't always have um, that quick access or that coordinated care after leaving the emergency room. And what this, again, what this grant has done is it has allowed us at these different ministries to really set up this streamlined process. And so a lot of what we're seeing is not only are we getting them to a first visit, we're getting care established, we're getting follow-up visits, we're allowing the patient to have not only access but a true connection to a provider and an organization so that they can continue their care and it's comprehensive services. So it's not just getting put on medication. Many times they have access um, to counselors who can teach uh, social skills training, uh, can teach other things that these patients are really in need of. And so we get to walk alongside them. And so one of the major successes that we're seeing is not only are they keeping these visits and establishing care, but they're proceeding through the process on this wellness journey and they're completing the program or they're, or they're getting through a major part of the program. And so we're seeing their return rate of the specific patients that are impacted by this program not returning to the ER because they have achieved stability in their mental health or their on a journey that they're better supported. And so through this collaborative work, we have really seen that the patient individually is impacted in their families. But not only that, is it really helps us to better utilize the resources um, that many in our community are dependent on at the Christus Ministries with the emergency room. And so, you know, it, it's a twofold thing. It really allows better uses of our resources and it also really promotes the health and wellness 
of the clients that we serve. That's incredible, just the impact that your program has made, right? With the behavior change, the engagement of your clients as well. That's fantastic. Um, Kelly, is there anything that you'd like to add as well with the successes of the program? Seeing how quickly that the patients can go from being in their crisis state going through the ER to receiving help is is huge um because I've, I've been on the other side at, you know the crisis centers where someone you know was in crisis but they really you know they needed to be back on their medicine they needed you know a, a simpler fix instead of being somewhere for three or four days um this has really allowed us to connect those type of patients with the care that they need. Um, they're able to, you know, get back on their medicine and, and get back to their their life. They're, they're able, it, it's just, it's a quicker A to B to get these patients back to where they need to be to be stable. In what ways do you think we can strengthen our crisis care infrastructure as a community and also for our health systems? So I, I really, that's a great question. So I really think that um, looking at the overall holistic approach um, to this specific patient population, as I mentioned before, their life expectancy is much less than the general population. Um, as a community, I think by streamlining services, the collaborative work that we're already doing is a, a very strong step in the right direction. Um, leveraging our resources, um, leveraging our knowledge uh, to really continue the systems, the, the programs that we've started, looking for ways um, for sustainability um, and addressing, you know, many times those co-occurring co uh, diagnoses, if there's substance use programs, things like that, um, and, and really focus on um, a diversionary program like, for example, when law enforcement gets involved, to find a way um, that we can help these patients prior to like uh, jail diversion programs, uh, making sure that they have access to adequate medications, make sure they have access to transportation so that they don't return to this um, really difficult cycle of crisis and returning to the ER on a routine basis. It really gives me so much hope to hear about the work organizations like this are doing in our communities. I also think it's really important to hear about the need and how to best address it from the perspective of those out there in the trenches doing the work and providing those important services. Up next, Nadine is going to introduce us to another organization providing mental health care to Southeast Texas communities. Rose Brooks and Josh Davis are with Legacy Community Health in Beaumont, Texas. So we're super excited to have you here for a very important topic. For our listeners and viewers, tell us about yourself and your story. What called you to serve in the space of promoting mental well-being and improving behavioral health? Let's start with you, Rose. Um, my name is Rose Brooks, and I have been a licensed professional counselor for about 13 years. And the last five years, I've spent with Legacy Community Health. And um, I love being at Legacy because I believe that we promote the understanding that physical health can have a direct impact on mental health. And how about you, Josh? So I'm Josh Davis. I'm the Senior Director Major Gifts here at Legacy, and um, I joined Legacy five years ago as well. So Rose and I started about the same time. And um, 
I've always had a passion for nonprofits. And so legacy just kind of fits within my mission and values as far as helping the community. And, you know, everyone deserves quality health care and everyone deserves to, to be treated equally. And legacy does just that. And so it was it's really nice to come to work every day for an agency that focuses so much on the community and giving back. Great, thank you both so much. So Rose, I'm going to come back with you for this question first. Why is it important to celebrate mental health awareness? I think that there's previously been a stigma surrounding mental health issues and people, people often suffer in silence and, and don't seek treatment for their conditions. And it's important to improve the understanding of mental health conditions and increase access to healthcare for those for those who need it. And that's what Legacy does. Um, we we work with people's physical health as well, as well as their mental health. Great. And Josh, do you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, Rose kind of said it all. You know, we we focus not just on their physical health, but just all around all their health needs, whether that's you know mental health, if it's resources in the community. Um, and, you know, with the last couple of years in the pandemic, we've seen that there's there's a greater need for people that may need to, to talk to somebody from, you know, being cooped up in um, isolation and anxiety and depression and things that have stemmed. And it's kind of where our Christmas Impact um, Fund uh, grant comes from as far as focusing on our youth. Thank you both. Now, tell us about your organization, Legacy Community Health, and your Christmas Community Impact Fund Supporter Program. Josh, you mentioned this a little bit. Um, your program is called Access to Mental Health Care and Healthy Living Education for Beaumont's Children. So Josh, tell us a little bit more. Okay, so Legacy Community Health, we actually, um, we have a great relationship with Christus that goes back many years to our Southwest Clinic in Houston. And then um, 10 years ago in 2012, Christus had invited us to come to Beaumont to um, start practicing here locally. And so Christus has kind of been our our gateway and connection into to really helping to drive the healthy change in communities that we focus so much on. And so for our for what we received the funding for throughout COVID, we noticed, you know, kids were at home for a while. You know, kids, their activity levels lessened. Um, kids nowadays don't do a lot of physical activity if they don't have to. We're so technology driven that our providers noticed an increase in um, and obesity among the kids and as well as you know, depression, anxiety, the things that kind of bubble up with kids as they're in school and then not being in school and going back in person and just so many changes have happened throughout the pandemic that it was it was a great opportunity for us to really address these needs that we just didn't have the funding for before. So with this program, when our providers identify patients or children that fall into that category with a, a high BMI, then they will do the education for these patients and have them come in for, for milestone visits just to kind of check see what their progress is. And there's different incentives for these kids as they hit different um, achievements. And just trying to get those kids into a healthier, more active lifestyle that as well as with that, that high BMI of those kids have, you know, anxiety, depression, things that may have stemmed just from, you know, being a kid in school, do things, that may have happened as a result of the pandemic. Um, so many things have happened these last couple of years that it's been hard for adults. But for a lot of these kids, it's things that they never experienced before. I mean, we have kids that started kindergarten in the height of the pandemic to where they never saw a full face, that everything was always with a mask on. And so there's a lot of things that have changed for kids and a lot of things that have just happened across you know, the last couple of years that 
this really helps us to, to further that advancement of it and really looking at our, our kids here in Southeast Texas and the ways that we can help to improve their health. And at Legacy, we're always focusing on building a stronger community, building a better community. And you know, it's very cliche, but these kids are our leaders of tomorrow. So we want to make sure that they're set up for success, not just with what they're doing in school, but their physical and mental health. It, it all plays into a, a, a factor of where they go in life and their success because we we know that you know, literacy affects health outcomes and if you're having trouble in school and you're having these issues with physical health or mental health then it's not going to set you up to be the best person you can be so this is really helping us to make a better southeast texas making a better southeast texas um in the approach of you know whole, whole health yes. um, rose is there anything that you'd like to add to that yeah, kind of like what, what Josh was saying, that since the pandemic, um, people aren't getting as much exercise and it's not built into their day, um, especially as we're going into the summer. Uh, and through the fund, it's allowing us to address the needs in our pediatric community through you know education, support services, and, and ways to motivate them to live more healthy, active lives. So you both had a to the successes right, of your um, of your program and how this fund has really helped in expand the program and provide the services. Tell us a little bit more about um, those successes, right? Uh, the successes that your program experienced in promoting, improving, and treating uh, specifically mental well-being and behavioral health. Josh, let's start with you. Kids, adults, we all like incentives. We need things that make it exciting for us. And if you you know, even as adults, if we say you need to exercise more, you need to, you know, do this, do that. It's hard to do that. But this program has made it fun for these kids to where we've incorporated the My Plate program. So when they they are enrolled, so to speak, in this program, they'll get the My Plate that talks about the the healthy eating portions and the appropriate portions, along with the the literature that goes along with it for the parents or guardians that explain that it is possible to eat healthy to where it's not an exorbitant cost. It's not expensive to eat healthy and kind of walks them through that. And then as they come in for these milestone visits, they get, you know, fun things to help them be active, whether it's water bottles, it's a journal to keep track of their exercise and jump ropes, frisbees, different things just to kind of get them outdoors and to, to be active and focus on their health. So in, in what ways can we strengthen our crisis care infrastructure as a community or even or our health systems too. Josh, I would love to hear from you again what your thoughts are for this. We have so many amazing organizations here in Southeast Texas um, that work together, that focus on mental health, healthcare in general, that sometimes we get so busy within our own, own bubbles of what we do that we forget about the other resources out there. And so I think one way to strengthen it is just to be aware of all the resources we have and to rely on one another and work together cohesively as a team versus kind of staying in these silos because if you know, we can't get a patient in for something but we know place X down the road can get them in the next day and are providing that same high quality level of care, then we wanna do what's best for the patient. But if we're not aware of what's around in the community, then we're doing a disservice to the patient. So I think just being more aware of the resources that we have because there are a lot of resources here locally and working together will really help to, to strengthen that here in this area.
I think this episode has been a great reminder that we're not alone. If you're listening to this and facing challenges right now when it comes to your mental health, I want you to know it's okay. And I want you to know there are a lot of resources out there. And I want you to know it's okay to ask for help. Use those resources. Christus Health is proud to live out our mission to extend the healing ministry of Jesus Christ by partnering with organizations like these that provide vital resources to make our communities healthier, both physically and mentally. If you or someone you know is struggling, we encourage you to take the step of asking for help. If you're having thoughts of suicide, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 800-273-8255. There are people who care and stand ready to help. I'm your host, Jillian Furtick. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Christus Calling. Like that statue of St. Patrick Steady in the storm Where the need is greatest We open our loving arms Right place, right mind Bringing comfort in these troubled times Cause when you're up against a struggle Stronger than you You just have to Doing what you call to do when the glory keeps coming makes you wanna trust. Oh, something bigger than us.